is brought to you by the Kansas City Barbecue Store, the official provider of barbecue supplies to listeners of Pitmaster. Happy New Year to all you barbecue maniacs out there. Barbecue season is starting all around the country, and you don't want to miss out on this discount from the Kansas City Barbecue Store. From smokers and fuel to rubs and sauces, the Kansas City Barbecue Store has everything and anything you could possibly want. Make the Kansas City Barbecue Store your one-stop shop for all your outdoor cooking needs. As a listener of the OVS Pitmaster podcast, you can get 10% off of your order this spring by using the code PITPOD, P-I-T-P-O-D, all caps, for online orders at www.thekansascitybarbecuestore.com. Welcome to another edition of Pitmaster, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. My name is Luke Darnell, the host, also the Pitmaster of Old Virginia Smoke, and with us today... We have probably one of my oldest friends in barbecue, and it, I, we were just reminiscent about when we met because I'm pretty sure I've known known this guy and his lovely wife pretty much the whole time I've been cooking. So please join me in welcoming Alan Clem with Under the Radar. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today. Absolutely. It's about time after suffering through Walt and all kinds of other yahoos that I get a really good Tennessee pitmaster on here. No, we talked about it a long time ago, but working it in is a, is a trouble. <laughs> and that's, I didn't mean it. Walt. don't take it personally. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we were just chatting about when we, when we met and you pinpointed it at around 2013 at, uh, the Shenandoah, I believe it's called it. I'll look it up later. Uh, the Shenandoah Barbecue Festival or, or something like that. And it was, if I remember correctly, we were really cold that day. If I'm, it if was I'm, a cold Friday night or Thursday night and, uh, uh, hard, hard to stay warm enough with, with the blankets, sleeping bags, eating the fires you had. It was just cold night. That's right. And those guys, uh, the two security guards went and got us a truckload of wood and we burned it in the, uh, in the bottom of a Weber Smoky Mountain to stay warm that night. <laughs> was that what that was? Yep. I and, remember we had a fire. I didn't remember what the uh, what you were burning it in. Yeah, those guys. We voided the warranty on that bad boy that night. And That was pre-solo <laughs> stove days, I guess. Yeah, and the girls told me after that contest that they would not do anything like that ever again unless we had a trailer. So... <laughs> That's how that's how the whole OVS trailer came to be. Wow! Yeah, it's a it's been a while back. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, good times. Absolutely, and we've had man, we've been, had good times. We've had good times all over the country. It seems like got a picture. I'm staring at a picture. Where is it? No, she put it downstairs. I got a picture of uh, of Kim and Catherine at the KCBS meeting wearing the masks and. All that oh stuff. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we, I think we took the drum class together that year. Yeah, the, the uh, Tim class. and Brad's. Yeah, yep. One of the first <laughs> ones, and that's right. Because I, because <laughs> I brought that rib back in my pocket, my jacket pocket, and the napkin for Kim to try. And you were, you guys gave me a ride back. I remember that now. <laughs> it, it was a damn good rib. I mean, Tim makes a good rib. I had never had anything like it. 
And I was, I kept asking for more ribs and Terry was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I got to take one back for Kim. She's got to see what this is all about. <laughs> it was good. But it's back then, good. shit, you and I were both cooking on different things back then. Now we're both on stick burners and just how we progressed, huh? Yeah, we were on Backwoods for several years. I forget. Yep. Six, seven years maybe on Backwoods before we switched to the uh, the Outlaw Offset in 2019. Do you like cooking on the Offset more? I do. Um, I mean, it's quite a bit different. Different style of cook from the Backwoods. You know, you're not running a guru to keep your fire and your temperature. You're just, you watching a fire and throwing a stick at the right time and you know, dialing your temperature up or down. Um, there's more to it. You got to pretty much sit there and, you know, keep a hand on things, which I actually like. I like it too. It was the backwoods cook was getting kind of stale and it was getting kind of too routine. And now I like, I like putting sticks on a fire and I like being, having to watch it and be engaged. I think it's made me a better cook. I'd have to agree with you on that. Um, you, uh, you're more present in that cooking process than you might be if you've got a guru to sort of, you know, hold your temperature right on what it's supposed to be. You know, yeah. you've, you're more apt to see what's going on and catch catch something if it gets if it's getting away from you. Absolutely. What's your twenty twenty three looking like? You gonna be out there a little bit? We've been fooling with the schedule. Um, we've looked at several March, April, May. I'm um, mm-hmm. just now looking at June. Uh, I think it's going to be 12 to 15 this year. Yeah. Not quite as heavy as uh, the 20 or so we've done the past seven or eight years. <laughs> right. A little That's bit lighter it. than in, in, in days past, I guess. Yeah. Diesel yeah. fuel and, you know, other priorities kind of life taking over. Yeah, I hear you. You're kind of kind of poorly named as under the radar as you guys are always near the top and always hearing that name called. <laughs> well, back when we started, we were. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good name back back in the day. Oh, it's a great name. But one of the things that impresses me the most about you when we're on site cooking a contest is that you stay right in your in your zone and you have a very quiet confidence about what you're doing. Where does that confidence come from? Wow. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Doing it for a while and trying to do the exact same thing every time, write it down to where it's almost second nature. You you do something without even thinking about it. Um, uh, Making a lot of mistakes along the way too, I'd say. (laughs) (laughs) Now, do you take? Do you still take a lot of notes during a cook? Not as many as I used to. Yeah, I used to write everything down, and each cook was page by page by page. Past several years, um, I'm sort of just uh, made a standard timeline with the changes. And Catherine will keep a few notes on the cook as far as things we tried different um, in her log. Um, but. Uh, I don't personally write as many down. You know, we'll, of course, talk about things going as we're coming home, you know, what sure. worked, what didn't, you know, what do we want to try next time? Those kind of changes sort of just yeah, um, 
get captured, but not as disciplined as they used to be. Do you think that's more because of the different nature of a of an offset cook? Like, because things can can change pretty much from day to day, and that you know you just kind of got to roll with it and take what's given. Is that that's sort of when I stopped taking as many notes, just because they didn't always apply. Yeah, that's probably we did that too. But I don't know, after you get a 150 or so cooks under your belt, <laughs> um, yeah, you, you don't you don't need as many notes. <laughs> um, and I just I realized we passed 200 contests, Catherine and I together last year. Oh wow! They sneak up on you in a hurry. So they do. I don't even know my number. That bad? I had to look it up. To be honest with you, I, I thought we were close to 200, but you know uh, we're over 200 counting the days before we changed our name to Under the Radar. Well, I, this always prompts me with conversations like this. It's always good to have a a tool such as Barbecue Data that I can log into here and look at. Wow, I'm at 230. Oh, really? Is that what it says? Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> for me, for Old Virginia Smoke. Now i got to look you up. Let's check. You were out. hitting it pretty hard there several years, uh, wide open, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, there were there were a couple of years there were 30 plus, so that'll happen. <laughs> that'll happen whenever you, you're still under the, uh, the veil that points chasing and all that shit's important. Then you realize yeah. it's not. It's not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you're at two hundred one. Yeah, with twenty nine GCs. Wow, is that many? Twenty nine GCs, fourteen RGCs. Yeah. What category do you think you have the most calls in? Oh, it's got to be brisket. Yep, by a lot actually. Yeah, it's been on my best category for years. I've struggled off and on with all the others here or there, but brisket's been more consistent for us. Yep. Chicken, pork, and ribs are all, all right there. But the most important stat on that page is easily the fact that out of those 201 contests, you've been in the top 10, 150 times. Wow. 75%. That is a hell of a batting average, my friend. That's yeah, that's, that is good. (laughs) Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by BarbecueData.com. BarbecueData.com is your one-stop shop for all of your barbecue competition data. Historical data, calls, wins, placements, everything under one roof. It's a great way not only to track yourself in the standings, but also to track how you improve your scores from year to year. Listeners of this podcast can receive 20% off of a new subscription to BarbecueData.com with the code PITPOD. That's one word, all capital letters, P-I-T-P-O-D, pit pod. So check your team scores, check on others, and do it all on barbecuedata.com. Do you think that your career and life experiences outside of barbecue have prepared you to be a better pit master? Uh, being an engineer probably helps a little bit. Uh, there's a logical thought process and probably being a little uptight too at the same time. <laughs> uh, when you're an engineer and an introvert, maybe you, you might think about things just a little bit too much. <laughs> but yeah, probably. 
Well, we've talked a lot about your success. One of the things I like to talk about on here are failures and failures, especially that something that happened during a contest and you really learned from it and it set you up for success in the future. Do you have a favorite failure of yours? Not one particular incident, but early on when uh, Catherine and I were cooking together, I really dumbed up. Uh, we were cooking and, you know, she'd ask me, what are we doing next? I said, well, I'm getting ready to, you know, put the ribs on. What are we doing next? Well, I'm getting ready to, you know, put the chicken on or you pick your thing. And she she said, well, you know, you know all that, right? I said, yeah, I got it memorized. And my mistake was not supporting her earlier. Because she said, if you write that down, then I'll know what's coming next and I can help you. So I went at least a better part of a whole year, maybe longer than that, before we wrote all that down, the whole timeline, everything. And my work got so much easier because she took over so much of that stuff. And it really smoothed the cookout. So I was kind of dumb on not getting that earlier, you know, kind of blew it. It's, it's, Man, how do I say this without getting myself in trouble? It's really, it's a different situation when you're cooking with your spouse and and realizing that, right? That you could have had them helping a lot more. Because I went through the same thing, you know. And, and Kim, Kim now cooks the chicken. It's all her. She sits there, she runs that drum, she does everything. And it it just took me forever and it just might be because we're men and handicapped by natural stupidity that like she is built for that from the detail oriented and being able to sit there and adjust and do everything. And I, I don't want to do it. I don't like to do it anymore. I love it that she does it. It takes it off my plate. And your job got easier. She's, she's doing a good job on that. You can focus on the other, the other meats and your cook could be better. Yeah. And she keeps asking more and more, what can I do? What can I do? And I keep giving her more because why not? Makes it why more not? fun. Makes it more fun for her too. So who has impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? Wow. <laughs> I've got so many hero type people I've come across over the years. I'm not sure. I had to think about that one for a bit. It's a hard one. I had to, I had to think a lot about it too, because you're right. There's, I mean, I could talk about that for an hour probably. Yeah. You know? I had a lot of respect for Donnie Bray back in the day because his was the first class I took. And he's, he's a good dude too. You know, Donnie's you know, help, help anybody, you know, so he was one of sort of my heroes at the time, you know, but then you, you, you come across all these other amazing people who, who will help you along the way too. We took um, that class together too, didn't we? <laughs> it was his first class he, he he taught. Were you there for the first one? No. I think I was there the year after the first one. Yeah, because he was still getting his notes down and yeah. he was doing well, I've never done this before, you know, kind of <laughs> So it, it was really it was it was really just unfiltered at raw. It was, you know, you know, from where I was in my cooking career, if you want to call it that, it came at exactly the right time. I didn't know I needed the help. Right. He really gave us the help we needed to sort of smooth out some things and, and line out the cook. 
and stop doing stupid stuff. That's kind of what I got took from him too. <laughs> the stupid stuff that I was doing didn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I did. It, I did it the hard way for too many years. I'll, I'll, I'll admit to that. <laughs> so when you have a barbecue issue now, who do you reach out to for help? Wow. Hmm. I don't know. Um, there's several people I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll talk some about, you know, uh, chicken or, or ribs or something like that. Some of the North Carolina, South Carolina guys that I see more. Um, some of the Tennessee guys quit cooking over here. Yeah. You were talking about, uh, People down in the Carolinas and anything. Do you ever call Walt for chicken advice? I need to. No, you Actually, don't. As close as he is to me, we don't talk much anymore. Um, I need to holler at him and uh, ask him about that chicken recipe. You don't flip See that chicken that. over in the butter, do you? <laughs> do what? You don't flip that chicken over in the butter, do you? Actually, I don't, no. Good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a flipper. No, because you're a, a smart person who knows what they're doing with chicken. Yeah. <laughs> but I won't argue with his results. I tell you that for sure. Uh, see, I will. Probably watch your video on Barbecue League about chicken. You know, <laughs> bonus for next year. It's funny. I People always ask me, it's like, is that what you really do? And I'm like, 100%. You know, and it's lots of people have been hitting with it and. It's one of them things that I'll just never change because it ain't broke. I got other meats to worry about and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it seems like I, every year I have a different one go bad on me. I try to bring it back to life. <laughs> what was the biggest turning point in your life as a pitmaster? Hmm. Uh, taking the first class and getting the uh, fifth wheel RV really sort of streamlined our cookout and it made it easier because we were unloading everything out of a trailer there for a couple of years. And then we were unloading everything out of the fifth wheel for a couple of years when I got everything built in the back and some tool chests and some countertops for workspace, it was a whole lot easier to cook. If you're doing it 25 times a t- times a year, we were doing it that many yeah. So the uh, the RV and, and and a couple of good classes really settled us down to where we could focus on other things than sweating makes, ourselves to death. Yeah, it makes a big difference, not especially when you're doing a double competition. Yeah, and, and having all that stuff just ready to go, and you're not. People don't understand that doing a double. Yeah, you got to cook well, but you also got to take care of yourself and limit your you know limit the amount of stuff you're doing and keep your keep your brain straight yeah you try to get get some sleep get to bed early get some sleep so you can you know not be just flat wore out on that on that day too yep what were some of the best decisions that you made when you first started cooking wow uh writing everything down to try to, to make the cook consistent you know if my if my ribs were tough i turned turned the temperature up a couple degrees write that down you know sort of focus on dial, dialing recipes in you know and not going 
all over the place from week to week, sort of taking what you had and sort of just stepping along the way to try to make it better. Yeah. Um, so notes were really important part of you coming up early on. Yeah. I took, I took, you know, every cook had three or four pages of notes to start with temperature and the, the rubs, the sauces, injections, uh, you know, anything that we were doing that was different was sort of, you know, I could go back to today. I, I still got those books somewhere and see what I did in you know 2015 and certain contests or something like that. Don't it's, do that anymore, but uh, yeah. back then needed that help. And, and I, was, I keep coming back to it because I think it's something important, especially people who are newer to the hobby that you have to keep track of that stuff. It's not just going to ingrain itself in your, your memory. You have you have to keep track of it. Luckily, I'm not the person that does that. Kim does that. Kim can go back and tell you any recipe we've cooked ever. Uh, she writes it down for every contest. Rub, sauces, injections, wraps. She, she's got it, and she's got it all digitally. So she can just go search in a spreadsheet and find it. I wrote mine down from last year in the back of a notebook uh, because I was afraid I was going to forget it. I said, what was I doing at the end of the year? And I mean, I, I got it, but I had to dig a little bit more than what I thought because I'd changed so many recipes over over 22 that I had to – oh, no, not, that was the middle of the year. That wasn't, that wasn't at the end of the year. Yeah. Because uh, the recipes will drift on you. You know, they'll cool off and kind of dry up on you. You sort of got to work on them and bring them back. Yeah. We did a lot of that last year. We always talk about – expensive things like smokers and yada, 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 all these things. What are some tools or things that you use in your cook that are under a hundred dollars or less that really improve your game? It's probably a couple. Um, of course, a good thermal pen. I don't see anybody can cook without them these days. And um, a really good knife sharpener because uh, we beat the shit out of these knives we, we use on and they, they don't last you know comper tube before you run them through again and it's hard to you know get ready to slice your ribs up when you're drawing you're drawing through with your with your knife and you can't feel whether they're done or not because the plate's dull yeah and i have to admit to doing that too many times and and uh, but a good knife sharpener is worth every penny keep your okay. What do you got? What's the knife sharpener you got? The one I use most is one of the Chef's Choice. It has the 15-degree uh, bevel on it to keep the blade at a 15-degree bevel. Yeah. Um, they make one that's like a 22, but it doesn't do as good on the knives I use. Um, okay. Uh, knives are such an important thing of what we do. and Man, like I've we just cleaned out the basement, and I can't tell you how many knives I've got. <laughs> so many. Well, you've got all those high-dollar knives. I've, I've, no. I've seen your collection. <laughs> I have a lot of the Gunter Wilhelms from when we were yeah. sponsored by them. and But still, some of the knives that I first started out with, you know, that Fibrox handled uh, Victrinox slicer that we all had when we started. Yeah. That thing... I found it the other day. I haven't used it in years. 
and I sliced the catering brisket with it the other day, and I was like, man, I missed this thing. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not the prettiest knife. It's not the best knife, but man, does it work. Yeah. Uh, you ought to see the uh, boning knife I use to do chicken prep. Uh, it's a uh, Henkel's. Uh-huh. Um, I'd sharpen that thing. So it did, half the blade's gone. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's gone through so many pieces of chicken. Uh, the blade's about half of what it was when I bought it, you know, but that's your chicken knife. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's, that's it. I have a I have an old Wusthof boning knife, but I only sharpen it one time a year, and I rarely it stays in a safe place. But I rarely hone it or anything because I kind of keep my chicken knife a little dull. Uh, just so I don't go through the skin when I'm doing that detailed work around the outside. Oh yeah. So it's one of the, it's one of the rules that I break with always have a sharp knife. That one, I keep it kind of dull just so it keeps me from tearing skins and especially trimming for a double. There's nothing worse than having five more pieces to do and you start ripping through them. (laughs) You you only want to trim the bare minimum for a double. Yeah. Going through two cases of chicken. Oh shit, man! I'm down to nine pieces of contest. Well, I got uh, the Walt Walt Moulton thing. I just, I just turn, can't turn in six. You got three others. That's right. I'm gonna eat one of them. <laughs> Probably gonna let Kim bite another one, and then there's usually one piece left. So <laughs> yeah, for it. Yeah, I'm not there yet, but I I could probably do that. It'd probably give me a little more rack space. You ever played around with legs? Long time ago, but I could oh. never get them. They were so ugly. I'll just yeah. tell you that. I mean, they may have tasted fine, but they were so ugly. And I could never get them pretty enough to put in a box. So I had, I just, it was getting time to get ready to go cook. And I said, okay, I got to cook thighs because I, I know I can get a decent <laughs> looking thigh in a box. And I, I haven't gone back since. I can't, uh, I don't like them. I don't like eating them. So I just, I don't, I've tried cooking with them and I'm like, I still don't like eating them. So I just don't make them. <laughs> no, a perfectly done thigh has got the best chew you're ever going to get. I mean, it just melts in your mouth. I mean, if I could do that, I would, I would consider cooking them, but it's never been the highest on my list of what's most important to, <laughs> in the cook, you know? Yep. So are you a superstitious guy? Not really. No, but you we, do we, have we, a you have a lot of routines though that you do. Oh, I have a ton of routines. Yes, sure. You know, <laughs> well, let's you jump know, the in time, there. The timeline says says put the meat on at three thirty. It's not three thirty one. It's not three twenty nine. It's three thirty. <laughs> you know, you, you can stand out there and listen listen to the lid on the cooker opening up three thirty when I'm putting that meat on. Uh, <laughs> I do have a lot of that stuff. A little bit, you know. Uh, may, perhaps too structured. But too structured? Is that what it, you're it, going it's with? It's worked, so I'll, 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 I'll give myself a pass on that. But some of that stuff can be a little ridiculous, too, you know. Oh, I believe me, I cook with, uh, her name's Kim Darnell, but I call her Olivia Catherine Darnell, OCD. No, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've all probably got some of that in us. I I don't except for with barbecue. That's the only time. Okay. 
every everything else I'm kind of a disaster. But with competition barbecue, I am. <laughs> everything's got to be in its place, and I think it's from watching guys like you. I'm like I gotta, I gotta get this right. Know what I'm doing. Yeah, it's nice to know where everything is and do it the yeah. same time every time, and you know. Is your is your week leading up to a contest? Is that the same every week? Oh yeah, pretty much. I mean, I mean, we leave on Thursday most time to go to a because there aren't many close by. Yeah. So I've got you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday pretty much set up for getting meat, trimming meat, injection sauces, making sure I got all my wood and charcoal loaded. Uh, Tires aired up, you know. Yeah, all that ready to go. Right on. What do you think? You've been around this eh, a little bit longer than me, but what do you think the future of competition barbecue is? Where do you think it's headed? <laughs> I don't know. Um, there's some things that probably have to change uh, because of. Uh, uh, competitions getting canceled. Yeah, you know the organizers having trouble to raise money, and uh, you know prize pools are going down more, and costs are going up. So there's a problem there. I don't know. It's a. Uh, I don't know how many new people are getting in it either. You you hear a lot of the old timers, and I've thought about it too. I mean, there's other things to do. Um, Absolutely. Uh, we took that five months off during COVID. And uh, didn't cook a lick. Of course, there wasn't any comps to cook. Mm-hmm. But I had plenty of stuff to do around the house. I, you know, <laughs> I missed it, but I didn't. Right. So uh, I'm not sure where it's headed. Uh, I think uh, there probably need to be some changes to make it more sustainable. Uh, and hopefully we can get some good people in KCBS working with the organizers to get the right ideas. Uh, yeah. People working on I think they're, you know, having Rod Gray be in charge, I think is going to be good for it in the long run. I think he's going to make a lot of good choices and hopefully get some stuff. And I think, you know, with the pandemic and with all the costs of everything, you know, if you look at the bell curve on that, we've got to be down near the bottom and probably hopefully on the way back up, I would hope. Yeah, I need to know how much I spent on diesel last year. (laughs) <laughs> it's best. Those are one of those things that that's best not to track. <laughs> I, yeah. The captain could probably tell me, but uh, neither one of us probably wants to know. Right. What do you think? I'm going to ask you this one before we get into the rapid fire questions. What do you think separates a good pit master from a great pit master? Uh, we can all buy good meat. We can all cook on the right cookers. Uh, not everyone can get a tender every time and not everyone knows the little things that make a difference. Um, saving a bad cook or that gut feel that that brisket needs 15 more minutes, even though it feels tender. Um, Cause we can, we re- can all, we can all yeah. take the classes and get the recipes and we can buy the meat, you know, it's those other and they're important. I mean, if, if you can't get the meat tender, you're not going to win. Right. Uh, recipes, 20% of it. You know. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. When you say, 
Oh, God, you just said something I thought was awesome. I want to rewind. Oh, gut feeling. When you have that gut feeling and your timeline is saying that that brisket should be done and your your number saying it and the feel saying it, but you feel like it needs it. How, how do you process that? How do you make the decision to then leave it in there? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's happened enough times to where it's like, you know, you, you start doubting yourself a little bit. Yeah. And you're like, well, it, 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 look, it feels like it's done. It should be done. And then it's, at the end of the day, you got to say, you got to trust your gut and say, no, it needs 15 more minutes. It, it ain't there yet. And uh, I'm not sure where that comes from, but. Uh, not either. <laughs> but I do believe you need to trust it. I mean, it's, that's, that's what you're thinking. You know, don't talk yourself out of it. Go with it. Right. I've had. I've had times where we've taken chicken off, put it in the wrap, probe it. It says it's done. And I'm like, no, something's wrong. You know, move the probe or it's just, it's, that only comes with repetition, right? Right. You you have to have done it 150 times to know that. Yeah. So, yeah, I could spend hours talking about gut feelings and barbecue and (laughs) Yeah, that kind of fun stuff. It's it's great though, man, and it's just awesome that we've known each other for that long. It's that was our first year of cooking. That was the last yeah, contest ten, we did that year. Ten years and two two hundred thirty for you and two hundred contests for us. I mean, that's <laughs> a lot of barbecue. That's a lot of barbecue. It's a lot of driving. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> well, let me answer with these rapid fire questions. Okay. What do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you? Uh, I don't see it as much as I used to, but you'd see people post them at a contest and all oh, I finished for, for a number eighth. And I had a 40 second rib from the table of death and the vibe in the post is negative. When it could easily be, you know, yeah, that was a low scoring table, but, your other categories were great. You still finished top 10 or top five. Uh, some, some, and I, I've done it too. Focus on a little bit on the negative and not the, I need to appreciate what happened today, even though that one was disappointing. I still had a great cook. I, I, you know, I had some fun. I finished well. Um, that's it, good. Yeah, that's good advice. Because we're all guilty of it. You said it right. We're all guilty of doing it. <laughs> yeah, we all need to appreciate what what we you know the good, not 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 just dwell on the the chicken table that took you out. You know. <laughs> Do you guys have a favorite pre, during, or post competition meal? Uh, we seem to eat a lot of ribeyes um, on a Weber kettle. You know, uh, sometimes we'll go out and get the Mexican or something like that, but we. We seem to grow out a lot at the at the campsite with hard to beat a good steak, you know. Yep, that's good. Do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people? Present. <laughs> uh, not a not a big gift giver. <laughs> I must not be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know about that one. All right. Last question. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it getting a message out to millions, what would it say and why? 
man, that's tough. It's hard <laughs> enough being an introvert to even, even think about something like that. <laughs> yeah, I got no clue on that. I mean, I would kind of tie it back to maybe your first answer about the social media one and maybe be positive. Yeah. That's, that's a good message for everybody that I think a lot about, you know, cause barbecue can get wrapped up in so many different things. And at the end of the day, we're just cooking meat in a parking lot or campground and having fun. You know, that's what it should be. Yeah. There, there, there's, there still needs to be fun in it because, you know, I've cooked, 20 some contests a year you've cooked that that many or more in a year sometimes it's a job and and it it can lose some of the fun so it's you gotta always try to keep the fun in there because you know absolutely a lot of work so what's first for you this year we're going to iron station north carolina okay um, February something, 24th, 25th. Yeah. Very stacked field. It's it's ugly in terms of the teams that's there right now. <laughs> so I saw the list the other day, but we're going to knock the rest off there and see how it goes. All righty. Cool, man. How about I you? Where you at? I think our first one's not going to be till Barbecue Gives Back. Oh, okay. Here in Virginia. And, you know, we've just got a lot going on with the business and a lot going on family-wise and, Right. Yeah, and I'm not quite ready to start driving 10, 12 hours contest. So. <laughs> I still got some practice cooks to get in somehow. I got to do that too. Uh, yeah. Change some stuff up. I'm, I'm going to take some advice from my own podcast that Mike Wozniak from uh, from QAL said, and that's take your worst meat and make it your best meat. So I'm going to work on that with, with the pork and see how I can do so I need to work on chicken then. <laughs> but I know I got a call, so I'm, I'm all over but, that. He's going to try and tell you to flip it over into butter. Don't listen to him. Okay. <laughs> all right, Radar. Well, thanks for being on here, bud. Yep. Appreciate it. Have a good time. Good seeing all you. All right. Good seeing you too. All the